Welcome to the Property Renovation Podcast with your host, James Woodham, giving you the best tips on achieving the perfect renovation whilst making it as fun, safe, and as cost-effective as possible by hearing from experts in the industry and people that have been through the experience themselves. Let me introduce your host, three times award winner of leading renovation website, House, and over 15 years in the industry, renovating just over 200 properties, James Woodham. Hello guys, my name is James Woodham and this is the Property Renovation Podcast. Um, we're on episode 19 and I've titled this How to Achieve the Perfect Bathroom. Um, and I'm just talking about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about step by step on how to achieve the perfect bathroom. Um, maybe you've just bought a house and you've, you're thinking about changing everything in the bathroom, um, or maybe you've, you've been living in your home for a while and you, you're just fed up with the sight of it and you want to get a new one. So um, I've got a step-by-step guide on how to achieve the perfect bathroom, and I'll, I'll read for it and uh, talk on each topic as well. So first of all, you really need to be doing your research, um, and don't rush this. Because there's lots and lots and lots of information, styles, ideas, um, and you really want to kind of get a few a few ideas in mind so that you, then you can narrow them down, ask opinions of families, etc. So a good one is to get yourself a Pinterest account and have a look around Pinterest. There's some amazing bathrooms on there. Um, and you can obviously go to the shops as well, but there's some really good online shops these days with some great sales. Uh, so I would all again keep an eye on the sales and find out when they're going to happen because you could end up saving yourself quite a few hundred pounds. Um, and then also ask some experts as well. Uh, speak to a few people on some other Facebook groups um, and find out whether the um, the the purchases that you're going to make whether there is any bad if there's anything wrong with them have people installed them the uh, before um and you know what's what's the quality of them because it's really difficult to see what they're like online and you can't always base uh, the reviews that they've got on that website either um but yeah just just ask about the products that you're you're purchasing and um see see what other people think about them then you need to start thinking about the overall design the mood of like the way that you want it to look, the style, the functionality, and the cost. Um, and it's really difficult to get a balance of every single one of them. Uh, but you do need to consider a lot of them as well because you could get very excited and carried away and end up spending a fortune on items and then um, you, you've not really considered any budget for the, for, for the installation of them or uh, to complete the bathroom. You've probably run out of money. And you don't want to be finding yourself in that situation. So think about the design as well. Um, it's always good to get some designs in place if you can afford it. There's some free software online where you can go and sketch yourself the way that you believe your bathroom's going to look. Because once you see it on paper, you will make, most likely change your mind. Um, or you will com- you, you'll just confirm that the design that you've got in mind is going to work. Um, and then think about the mood as well. Maybe you want to have it um, like dark or light, very, very light, very colourful maybe. So you need to think about the, 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 the mood of the bathroom. And is it 
is it a guest bathroom? Is it your main bathroom? What what are you going to be using it for? The functionality of it. Have you got kids? Um, you know, having some really nice uh, installations in in your bathroom, and then you've got your your, your kids around that they might draw on them. So maybe some feature wallpaper or something like that might not be such a good idea. Um, and then the overall style, the the positioning of everything. Is it going to work? The way that the door opens, the aligning of the window. The height of your bathroom, all of these things you need to consider when you, you're talking about the design and style and mood of it as well. Um, about the materials, you know, try not to go too cheap on uh, the in, in, in the wrong areas, you know, like um, particularly on things like shower valves. You've really got some nice hidden um, uh, hidden manifold, manifold shower valves. So you don't really see all of the connections. You only see the nice shower plate on, on, on the front with the tiles. Um, you do want to be uh, not not um, going cheap on those areas because they're going to be completely closed off. And if the fittings behind them are made of cheap quality, then you're going to find yourself in a big heap of trouble um, six months, a year down the line when, when they start to foul on you. So you need to start thinking about things like that. Um, are they going to be made out of cheap metal or or a cheap um, finish uh, with a chrome plated or something like that? Are they going to start peeling off? You've really got um, to think about not going cheap in the wrong areas. Um, there's a lot of considerations to make when you're doing a bathroom. Um, and with especially with the tiles, because you've got to consider the type, the style, the material um, and the weight of them as well, because a lot of bathrooms these days in, in modern homes, um, they're made of a plasterboard partition and they can't really take a lot of weight. So if you're thinking about having some really large marble tiles that, that weigh um, an absolute ton, then then you're going to have a, have a lot of problems. A lot of stress is going to be on that wall and it will start to cause a problem. Um and then things like that can that can cause risk of damage, like how much glass are you going to install in your bathroom as well? The height of the mirrors um, and the lighting as well. Don't think about like if it's going to be too much light, if there's going to be not enough light, what style of light are you going to be having? Maybe some spotlights um, coming down, some down, down lights from the ceiling as well. Maybe some mood lighting underneath the cabinet. Um, these are all really good considerations that you're going to need to make as well. Some of them are luxury, some of them are a necessity. Um, the general safety aspect of your bathroom as well, especially if you've got kids. So like if you're thinking about the tiles, um, maybe some anti-slip tiles on the floor um, and uh, maybe the material of your bath. Maybe you do want to have like some handles on the bath and stuff like that. So you need to start thinking about those kind of things. Um and the height of like the shaver socket, for instance, that can be a problem if you've got kids because if they can reach up and start poking things in the shaver socket, it's not really a good idea. Um, ventilation, you need to be thinking about ventilation. Um, you've got really, really nice extractor fans these days that can hide the complete grill. Um, they can be flush fitted with the tiles um, so they don't stand out too much. Uh, but you do need to be thinking about the positioning of that. Where is it going to go above the shower, above the bath, or is it going to go on the opposite bathroom uh, side altogether? Um, and then you need to be thinking, do you want it to trigger off uh, with humidity? Do you want it on a timer so it stays on for a while when you leave the bathroom? Um, so you need to be thinking about those kind of things. Um, 
underfloor heating. It's a luxury, but it's also um, energy saving as well. So you might, and space saving, because you might not necessarily have that amount of space to have a heated towel rail. So you can probably do without that. And um, you can have some underfloor heating, which is, is, is quite a nice luxury to have. Um, but if you're going to have it, you have to think about the uh, the way that it's going to be laid out in the bathroom. Uh, do you want to uh, carry the underfloor heating into your wet room or, or your tiled shower tray, for instance? Um, do you want it to um, go just, you know, you, you can buy a loose fitting wire uh, underfloor heating system or you could buy a mat system and the big difference between the two is that you've got more flexibility with the loose wire electric system um, and then you've got to think about storage so um, maybe a cupboard under you, your you, you know your vanity unit maybe you've got some shelving that you want to put up or maybe some alcove shelving um, made out of tiles in the shower area where you can put all your shampoo bottles and stuff like that um, those are the things that you, you, you need to consider as well. Um, let's talk about the removal of your existing bathroom. So it's really important that after you've removed the bathroom, first of all, remove it carefully, remove it by a professional, um, make sure the water is switched off, make sure the electric is switched off. Um, and then when, you are when you've removed the bathroom, just stop for a while. And have a think, get back the design and the ideas that you you have for your new bathroom and see whether it's now going to work. See whether you've got more space, because sometimes um, the voids uh, and the boxing within a bathroom um, are made much bigger than they actually need to be. So you could find yourself uh, with some more space and that could change your design altogether. So actually have to have a think about that. You might also come across some problems that you didn't think about. So um, maybe you had a leak problem previously and it actually caused damage to the floor or the walls and stuff like that. So you do need to assess the area and find whether you can just carry on and continue straight away or whether things actually need to be adjusted um, and uh, any repairs that need to happen as well. So it's a really good idea to prepare yourself for maybe a day where that happens and also prepare your um, tradesmen as well uh, and just say to them listen I want to have some time where I can be there once you've ripped the bathroom out so that I can actually have a look at how things are and um, see how we can go from there um, and then we've got uh, the the first fix of all the pipe work so um, you need to consider if you haven't got what they call ins ins insulation points isolation points sorry so these isolation points are where you can independently switch off parts of your bathroom so you can have one for your shower one for your basin one for your toilet so you don't actually need to switch switch all the water off entirely should there be a leak down the road um you need to think about drainage access as well so um if you if you've got a boxed in bath where you've got a complete bath panel all tiled up and all covered and you've got no access and then you end up finding that you you've got a blockage in your drainage system you're going to have to rip off the entire bath panel replace the tiles the tiles might not be in stock so you're going to find yourself in a bit of a problem there as well so always think about access what can happen after the bathroom's installed and can you get to it quickly um 
The radiator points, if you're having a new towel rail in, in, installed, you might want to consider changing the way that the pipes are, are fitted. So uh, maybe they're coming from the floor at the moment. You might want to have them coming through, from, through the wall. Um, and this will just clear the floor space so that then everything just looks nice and tidy and it's hidden away. Um, run tests on all of the pipe work as well. So once everything is done, before you board everything up, you want to make sure that you've left it a little bit of time where um, maybe plan it on your schedule to, to have all of it completed on a Friday so that then you can assess it over the weekend to see if there are any leaks or any problems and look very closely because um, on the pipe work, if they're soldered as well, that it could just be a little tiny weep that comes out and maybe you should just put some tissue underneath just to see if things are... Um, as they should be before you start building everything up and a couple of days um, is good enough to check that out um, then you've got your first fix electrics so you might want to may maybe consider everything about all the wires to be hidden away no wires um, revealed at all that might mean that you need to chase in to the walls because the alternative to that is that you've got this ugly trunk in which is all white and plastic and and it's just not necessary, um, especially if you're doing a complete renovation of your bathroom. You might think about sinking all of those wires in as well. Um, again, run tests. Uh, run tests on all of the electrics, all of the lighting before you start boarding everything up. Make sure everything is, is good. Check all the connections. Make sure that nothing's loose, nothing's dangling about anywhere, um, and everything is safe. Um, make sure that when you're choosing your lighting that you choose according to the right zones and um, you can actually do some research on Google about this but you've got zones in your bathroom uh, which are called to, uh, to, to the health and safety um, and how, it, how it's going to work for you. So zone one is that um, a, light in, a light fitting, if it's allowed to go in zone one it's allowed to go directly above the bath, directly above the shower um, and it just means that it's it's been made to be um, uh, uh, moisture proof. Um, and if you are just outside the bathroom area, maybe a meter away from the shower or the bath, then that's considered zone two. Um, so it's different types of lighting. You can always find that out on the boxes as well. It should be clearly written there as well. Um, if you've got some underfloor heating, make sure that it's on its own circuit. So uh, what I've known people to do sometimes is they can connect it to an existing plug socket, maybe on the other side of the wall in the bathroom or something like that. It really shouldn't be installed like that. It needs to be on its own circuit. And that by that, I mean that you need to have the wires trace all the way back to the consumer unit. Um, so before you start purchasing any underfloor heating um, or considering it anymore, just check the distance between the bathroom and your fuse board because leading all the wires back to the consumer unit if it's a far distance it's going to cost a, a bit of money so you do need to think about whether that's going to be worth it for you um, then you've got boxing and storage to think about so maybe some materials to consider as well like are, what are you going to make it out of are you going to have some steel stud um or aluminium stud boxing or you're going to have some timber boxing um are you going to box it in just plasterboard which i wouldn't recommend um and then you've got things like aqua panel boards which are completely waterproof um or you've got some ply wood as well um uh, especially with plywood you need to make sure that you've got 
uh, marine ply um, or um, WBP plywood um, and then you can add a bit of PVA to waterproof it a little bit as well. But don't get any um, cheap version of ply, which something is called shutter shuttering ply. You don't don't go with that because it's not really a good quality ply plywood. Um, make sure that they are fitted. Like so, if you've got any boxing at the end of your bath or the alcove in your shower, stuff like that, make sure that you get it on a decline so that the water can just run off it and it doesn't stay and create a puddle because that's going to cause you problems down the line as well so make sure that you just check it with a level or you you know you check the guy's work or the the woman's work with the level just make sure that um it's on a decline and, and water can just run off it um and then you've got the substrates to think about so by substrates i mean the surfaces before the final material that goes on um and especially with your floors you might need to consider some soundproofing maybe you've got people underneath you so um, you, you you would probably need to consider soundproofing. Um, maybe some um, anti-stress um, uh, matting, and it's actually called Ditramat, which is a German brand. Um, that's very good. It's an orange matting, and it's got some coupling points in it, which then can allow for some slight movement um, for when the tiles are down. And that will then stop... Um, any cracking of any tiles or cracking of any grout or any movement um, because it can just withstand it so if you've got a timber floor um, the best the best recommendation really is to have your timber studs then your ply and two layers of ply if you can Um, screw them down with screws 10 centimeters uh, distance each so um, a standard bathroom can end up having about 200 screws in in that plywood. So you need to think about that. Um, and then just put the ditramatting down for just extra precaution. Um, you'll be pleased about putting that down. And it's about £10 a square metre these days. So um, have that put down as well. And um, and then use some flexible adhesives and flexible grouts to, to, to compensate for any other movement as well. Um, waterproofing. That's another consideration you need to make as well. So if you're having a shower um, and you're thinking about having a tiled shower tray rather than your standard um, shower trays, um, you need to think about waterproofing and what they normally refer to as tanking. Now, with the tanking, you need to be... Um, there's there's a few brands out there and they're, they're pretty much all good. That usually comes in a liquid form, a bucket um, and about 10 litres. And uh, the way that you would usually do it is you'd get a roller and you would put the liquid all on uh, the surfaces of the walls and on the floor and do it uh, completely to the to the ceiling and a meter a meter stretch um, or over a meter stretch just after the wet area um, and that then then you'll be good and then it comes with some taping as well so it just just to put within the joints you can put some tape down the joints and down the bottom of the sills as well and then apply another layer of liquid it usually takes about 24 hours to dry so um give give yourself a lot of time for that and then only when it's dry can you start applying the adhesive for the tiles um but that will be great because then you've got nothing to worry about with water penetration um so especially you know if you've got um to consider the neighbors underneath it's it's a very um worthwhile uh product to consider um then 
especially with, with the tiling now, you this is a, this is where you need to take a lot of consideration um, and take your time because you d you only want to get it right first time round. So mark everything out, mark the distances. I just want to go back to the uh, the talk about the design, for instance. If you had a design and you would consider and you already know the size of your tiles, you can lay everything out and and providing that you've got the positioning of all the pipe work um, and positioning of the toilet and, and, and all of that, then you will know where your cuts are most likely to be. And then you can point out the positioning of where you should start. So usually you should start centre of every wall, centre of every floor, but it might not work out that way. Um, so, you know, you might end up finding yourself got a little sliver of tile at one end of the wall or, you know, to the side of your, your basin and stuff like that. And it, it might not lock that great. So consider all of that uh, before you start putting any tiles on that wall or any on, or on that floor. Um, um, then you need to have the right adhesive and now, and, and the right grout. Now you have got, um, in some DIY shops, you've got these um, buckets of like ready-made adhesive and grout all in one. I really wouldn't recommend it at all. Um, I would just stick with the, 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 the traditional um, powder-based Sorry about that. So I would stick with the traditional powdered-based um, adhesive and grout and make sure that it's flexible, make sure that it's waterproof. Um, and then you can do additional things with uh, some stain protectors on the grout to make sure that no stains get in there as well. Um, have the right tools as well. Um, if you've got some mosaic tiles, then you're gonna need to have um, a trowel with more teeth on it um, and, and in smaller distances so that you don't find yourself putting a, a, a sheet of mosaic tiles on the wall and all of the, all of the adhesive come through um, the gaps between the tiles and then you could cause yourself a problem because you have to scrape it all out. You could damage the tiles. Um, and uh, if you don't scrape it all out and then you start applying the grout, you're going to see all these little horrible bits of coloured adhesive that are going to come through. Um, and then you've got a whole problem there as well. So make sure you've got the right tools, the right trowels uh, for, for applying the adhesive. Um, make sure that you give everything a good clean as well. Um, clean off all that grout. It's going to smear a couple of times um, until that residue is completely gone, but make sure that you do that. Make sure that you stain the tiles. Uh, sorry, make sure that you protect the tiles um, with some um, imp impregnating liquid, for instance. Now, if you've got some slate tiles, they need to be covered in a liquid um, twice at the very least to stop any of um, uh, the, to stop any water staining the tiles so because they're completely porous. So you you want to make sure that you completely seal them. Um, anything like natural stones, marble, um, and sometimes some porcelains as well. You do need to apply a protector on those as well, just to make sure if you've got some white porcelain tiles and you start applying some black grout in between them it could end up staining them so you really need to think about just protecting all the tiles first before you start installing them then you've got your final fixtures to consider um, with the the shower glass uh, the shower enclosure the basin the toilet the taps all of those kind of things 
you're going to need some help so don't think you can just do it on your own so if you've got a large piece of glass to install make sure you get some help because um, the high risk of that being damaged um, is is very likely and uh, if you try and do it on your own so just make sure that you get some help put it in the it's much easier because then you can just have it someone hold it in the right positions line it up drill the holes and then fix it all down together make sure when you're fitting your shower enclosure or any piece of glass um, for for your shower make sure that you get some clear silicon and gun all down um, the, the the back of the the fixing so that before you put it to the to the wall you've got that whole seal completely sealed and then um, it's going to last a lot longer and you're not going to have any leaks if you do it right. Um, with taps and um, uh, the toilet, for instance, and stuff like that, to put the toilet seat on last. It might sound really silly, but um, these are the things that can get damaged um, quite often. So you don't you want to be putting the toilet seat on the very last thing um, once everything is clean. Um, with the taps, uh, just make sure that you've got those isolator points on there. Make sure they're fixed firmly so they don't move, um, and uh, then then you'll be fine. Um, one more thing about the taps, actually. So if you've got the taps that are um, where the manifold is behind the wall and you've just got the final fixings, just make sure that you use the right tools to put the final fixing on the wall because... Um, you can end up scratching around the sides and once it's scratched it's too late so try not to use um, uh, the wrong tools to do it and you, you can get some more advice from uh, some plumbers out there or um, from from inside the actual box as well you probably got some some good advice there on what tools to use uh, or they may they may they may come with their own tools to fit it once that's done before applying the silicon finish, which is basically the silicon between all of the joints around the basin, um, in all of the corners. Before you do that, make sure you give the, the area a good clean down. Make sure that there's no other snagging work to do. Make sure there's no other work to do in general. Make sure that you just give the place a good clean down. Getting a couple of professionals, that would be the best bet. Get some professionals in, give them a good clean down, um, and then book in a professional silicon finish after that there are some people out there that you can find online that fit silicon all day long every single day and those are the kind of people especially if you've spent a good 10 15 thousand pounds on your bathroom you don't really want just anyone fitting the silicon because it can look terrible if it's not done properly so uh, and there are some tools out there that can, you know, DIY style. You can do it yourself, um, but it's going to take you twice as long and you might not get it right. So uh, for, for, the, for the money, it's definitely worth getting that final signature finished off, have a nice professional silicon finish and um, then you're away and you can enjoy the bathroom. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you're not in our Facebook group, come in and join us we're growing steadily and there's going to be some good advice that are going on in there i only do the odd podcast live in the facebook group i don't share it anywhere else so that's an added benefit i guess so if you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the property renovation podcast then you'll find us there enjoy it the rest of your weekend and have a good day thank you <laughs>